Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. You're going to leave here impacted. It, I, I'm telling you, things in your life are going to are going to flip. And and, and because it's going to be very, very simple. So receive this in the simple manner that I intend it and I believe God intends it. The children of Israel crossed over into a land that was inhabited by giants. They decided to, to, to send spies from each tribe, and those 12 spies went out. And 10 of them came back and said, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. That was their assessment, not the assessment of the the giants. I want you to know the children of Israel didn't die from the giants. They died because of the grasshopper mindsets that they had, how they saw themselves. And I'm going to bring application into our lives in the next few minutes. But our thoughts are more powerful than our adversaries. Your adversaries have power in your life by the way you think by the way you assess situations. I can't base my life or my future on what I see in the world around me. That that has to have no implication to how I live my life. I must base my life off the kingdom of God, which I find in his word. That's the only way it works. See, the culture of our lives based upon God's word is, is made up of our language and our customs. My language and my customs have to align with God's word. And it has to be based solely upon his promises, which his promises are yes and amen, are yes and so be it, are basically in the margin of your Bible of that verse when you're reading it. And and you should check this and just make sure that this is all scriptural. But the yes and amen part of this means so be it or it's already done. It's already happened. You know, there's too many people that, that, are, that, that are like, man, let's just pray and ask God to heal you. Do you understand? That's not faith. That might be in the ballpark of faith, but that's not faith. Faith, listen, the promises of God in this new and better covenant, every single one of them are in past tense. And it's, it's, it kind of feels weird where it's like, I, I think I've got this disease, or I think I have this sickness, so, I, so I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to say, God, please heal me. Well, what the Bible says is he sent his word, sent, past tense, and healed me, past tense, and delivered me, past tense, of my destructions. In, the, in, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says, by whose stripes you are healed. Peter refers to it in his letter, by whose stripes you were healed. So now we have to just walk in that healing. We have to walk in the provision God gives us, that he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. All my need is met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Think about the tense of this. Think about, it's like, wait a second. I, but, but the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. Listen, it says, ask and receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's like it's not even asking if you know you're going to receive. And it's not going through the motions. It's all activated by our faith. 
Our faith is what we believe, now wait a second, and what we say. How we speak. The words of our mouth, our language. Do you want the culture of the kingdom in your life? You have to have the language and the customs. And, and the bottom line is, that's how you activate God's kingdom. This always, what we speak, the, the word always activates the supernatural. Which, listen, the supernatural, we, we, we talk about that. And listen, and don't confuse that with sci-fi and other things like that. The supernatural is solely based upon God's promise. And what happens is, God's promise always activates the supernatural, which overrides the facts of the world and the realities of the world. See, so you look at it and go, well, the facts are, yeah. But what you've got to decide at some point, whether you're going to live by the facts or the truth. See, the facts of the world is, man, everything spiral. The world, it's just the, the tempo of the world is crazy in a downward spiral. And you look at it and you think, well, the economy and, well, the health factors and, and climate and the government and politics and wars and proxy wars and all kinds of other stuff. Well, let me tell you, the answer is not in elections. The, the answer is some trusted chariots and some in horses, but we'll remember the name of the Lord our God. The, the answer is the church. The answer is us. I'm telling you, we can elevate everything. But the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart have to honor God. No matter what, we can't live by the facts. Why? Facts change. The truth never changes. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, a local group of people just like this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. Look at that verse. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say which was also in Jesus Christ. So the action is God to man. So now I've got to let God's word, I've got to let God's dominion, I've got to let the culture of heaven dominate my thought life. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Oh my gosh, that's, that's crazy but made himself to be of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus came in our likeness so that we can be restored into God's likeness. Remember, the Bible says that we're made in his image, in his likeness. Well, then Adam and Eve fell and they they, squ they squandered the dominion God had given them. What did God say? The instructions that Adam have was, be fruitful, multiply, take, um, subdue the earth, and take dominion. Take dominion. Take dominion in your life. Well, here we are, without a savior, without any kind of help, rolling through life on our own, getting kicked in the teeth every day, and then Jesus is born of a virgin birth. And then Jesus 
lives a spotless life. And then Jesus becomes a sacrifice for our sin. And then Jesus dies on the cross. And then Jesus was buried in a tomb. And then Jesus on the third day rose from the dead. And then 40 or 50 days later, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. Then God sent his Holy Spirit as a, as a, a paraclete, as a, as a comforter, because Jesus was in heaven now, so that now the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And you're like, I know, I know, I know. Those are the basics. No, that's it in a nutshell. So now we can have the mind of Christ being in the form of God in his image now, in his likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. This is the key, even the death of the cross. Two big keys the determining factors of you overcoming. How many of you guys want that? How many of you guys want to overcome? How many of you guys are, are, are ready to be the head and not the tail? Anybody in here ready to be the head and not the tail? Listen, two keys, humility and obedience. He humbled himself and was obedient. And you know what? That same pattern works for us. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. <laughs> that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and tongue confess of everything, listen, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the new birth, I, I, I became a new creation in Christ in June of 1979. Before that, I was a heathen, living in darkness. Nothing, nothing about the light was in my life. And then, and then I said, God, I make Jesus Lord of my life. And in that new birth, listen, here's what happened. I took his name. See, Sandy and I made covenant almost now in our, in our 40th year of marriage, what happened? We took each other's name. So, when, so the new birth, I made covenant with God, I took his name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, every tongue has to confess of, of everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Jesus said this in John 14, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do. And you're thinking, oh my gosh. And then, he, and then he didn't stop there. He said, and greater works than these you'll do because I go to my Father. And I, and I give you my name. And whatever you ask, listen, and this is crazy. And whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Winning in life is always determined by our thinking. This kind of talk, the facts don't add up to this. Man, stop checking the scoreboard. Stop checking the clock. I'm telling you, you're not behind. Time is not running out on you. Time is not your enemy. But winning's determined by how you think. 
So many people in the world, man, we see them succeeding and we see them advancing and we see them getting rich and we get a bit jealous about it. And actually, most of those people are miserable and likely not right with God. And what Jesus said in Mark 8 is he said, what, what, what profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul, loses how he thinks, loses his mindset, loses in, 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 in his, the plan that he's made for his life? What good is it? I don't think it's so much us not knowing the purpose of God. But see, that's how the enemy's tried to drill this into us. Man, what's God's purpose for my life? I don't even know what God's purpose. I promise you, I think everybody in this room, you could get in the ballpark of God's purpose for your life. If you just took five, 10 minutes, you could get in the neighborhood of the purpose of God. It's, it, 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 I think it's more, it's not thinking you're qualified to fulfill more than anything that's natural to you, that's natural for you. See, supernatural is unnatural. Supernatural is not by how we are physically designed. See, there's more than this that meets the eye. The invisible side of life is that there's salvation on my lips and there's healing in my hands, neither of which is a point of contact, both of which are absolutely real and supernatural. Parents in here, can, can we, you, you raise your kids and man, the American dream and you want to tell your kids, man, you can be anything you want, you, you want to be. Your daughter, you can be the first president of the, uh, the first female president of, of America, you could, you could, you could do what, and, and let me just tell you, can we amend that? Can we amend it to, let me tell you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. See, now that narrows it to that supernatural side of it, where it's not, it, tur it turns from wishing to hoping. I, honestly, if, if, if I look at it, what God's called us to do, the purpose of God in our life, None of us are qualified. But God still calls us. Because he set everything in our lives that we need for victory in every step of life, every turn of life. He set it before us in his promises. God gives us every provision necessary to live an abundant life. And, and the Greek, it's referred to as, as zoe, the God kind of life. See, and that's what we get. Choose this, this day whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve a natural life? Are you going to serve a demonic life? Are you going to serve a natural life? Are you going to serve the God kind of life? You got to choose. Choose the life. Pick a life. It's your choice. See, God's given you dominion. Dominion, listen, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. He didn't just say on earth and under the earth. He said in heaven as well. So now you can decide, you can choose, I want the God kind of life. And all that's required are those two things, humility and obedience. That's all that's required. Neither of which come very natural to us. You know what's interesting is I want to tell you that sin is going to cause a fall in your life. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. See, God can deal with our sin. God can't deal with our pride. 
Bible says God gives grace or power to the humble, yet rejects the proud, stiff arms the proud. Some of you guys thinking, man, God, where are you? Man, check out the pride in your life. Man, the pride of life is a huge determiner for not having the God kind of life. See, the devil essentially, if we, I, tomorrow the Guts X School of Ministry goes online. And it, it, it's actually very strategic because it's Labor Day. And you'll think, man, do you want to do that on Labor Day? Yeah, because you've probably got the day off. So it's real easy for you to go and check it out. But see, we look at this and we have to understand that, that and, and, and the course that I teach initially in the, in the Guts X School of Ministries, game planning or battle planning the devil. How we game plan the devil. Do you understand? The devil's got tendencies. You know what the devil wants to th- you to think is he has some kind of dominion. That he could put things on you and he could cause you to fail. And let me tell you, none of that's true. He's been stripped of all the weapons. Remember, Jesus went to, went to, went to, he went to the grave, then he went to hell. And he went for the keys to the king, excuse me, the keys to death in the grave. But then he stops. He gets those keys and he stops. And he says, give me your armor. He left the devil without any kind of armor or armament. So now all he could do is he could lie, he could deceive, he could accuse, and he could try to make you miserable. That's all he could do. See, so if we game plan or battle plan the devil, which is the course that my introductory course in the Guts X School of Ministry, is the devil consists of negativity. So what he wants to get you to do, he wants you kind of to tip negative a bit. Where your life is partly cloudy. Where it's like, well, you know, when the Bible says plainly, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. It's like, God, why did, why did this happen? No. That doesn't have any determining factor on whether you overcome or not. See, the Bible just calls us overcomers in this age. That means you're going to have hurdles. That means you're going to have things that in the world are setbacks, but not for us. Man, I've seen it time and time and time again. I've seen it in Taylor's life. I've seen it in Sandy's life. I've seen it in Kenny's life. I've seen it in Brian's life. I've seen it in Jason's life where, where that hurdle comes and they don't even break stride. And you look at it and think, dear God, how do they do that? Well, it doesn't just happen by being a novice in this. No, they become experts in God's promise. They know God's will as well as they know their other senses. And they don't tip to their senses. So what the devil's going to try to do is he consists in negativity. Man, you walk by the 98 great things in your life to get to the two bummers. And then you focus on those things, and you magnify those things, and those things become bigger. When the Bible clearly says, magnify the Lord, oh, magnify the Lord with me, oh, magnify the Lord. God, it's so much bigger than your issues. Your giants can't kill you. How you think about them can. Let me tell you something. Cancer's a giant. I don't personally believe there's too many people that are healed of cancer. There's too many people that overcome cancer. And you'll say, well, there's different forms of cancer. And let me tell you, you can break it down however you want. I don't believe cancer could kill you. I believe fear of cancer can. Anxiety, yeah. You know, I look at it, I look at it, it, 
It, it shocks me today. All the advancements we made, all the technology we have, all, all that we know, and the world is peddling depression and anxiety, and most, a lot of the church is buying into it. Man, it's, well, we better preach about mental health. It's like, hold it. God's given us his promise to live his kind of life. The Bible's clear of, on what we think on, on where we set our mind, the things above, not the things of this earth. The devil consists of negativity. He lives in the minds of people in fear. If he can get you tipping toward fear, he's got you. And he represents the negative side of everything. You start focusing on the negative side with your children, your finances, your vocation, your ministry, your marriage, you know what? That's where the devil lives. You know, people say, well, the devil's in the details. No, the devil's in negativity. He controls people through negative thoughts. See, and you look at it and think, well, what do I do? You bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. You'll say, well, how do I do that? I've got fifteen to 60,000 thoughts a day. Yeah, but you have one at a time. And let me tell you, if you've got 60,000 thoughts a day, you're probably running wild. The devil's probably running wild in your mind. See, the devil targets unused space in our minds. So there's all this mindless stuff that we look at that we're flipping through on our phones and our iPads and our computers and all kinds of stuff we're just going through. And you know what? It creates these vacuums in our minds. And let me tell you, the devil is going to take, try to take control of the empty spaces in our minds. What he does is he plants fear in people. And as we dwell upon those fears, his objective, and this is the key, is to occupy and take over. Remember, Jesus said, occupy till I come. What does he want to do? He wants to occupy our lives. Why? He's got a takeover plan. See, he's not creative. He's a counterfeit. He has to copy whatever God's done. So what did God say? God said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue it, and take dominion. What does the devil want to do? Up, oh, I'm going to take dominion. I'm going to, count, I'm going to send a counterfeit and take over their lives. And, I, and li listen, here's what's bad. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. See, he punishes people in their minds through the fear of things that don't even exist, as well as things that do. But I'm, I'm telling you, even psychology said like 80 or 90% of the things that we worry and are in fear about never, ever happen. Well, what does he want to do? He wants us wasting our lives and taking over. It's all about mind control. That's why God wants us to, wants us to Set our mind on the things above. So why? So the devil can have no control. See, the devil doesn't occupy time and space. God doesn't either. 
God's not checking his wristwatch right now. See, the devil is, is energy. So think about this. He wants to wear you down. He wants to deplete your energy. God wants to give you energy to serve him. The devil wants to take your energy so you can't serve him. See, it's all real simple. This is the, the battle plan that we can have to, to just to overcome the enemy. That we just take our life. We look at it. Is your thought, is the thought negative? It's not God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. If it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it's from the devil. It's that simple. We're not straining at gnats here. The simplicity of this shocks me, but it's so difficult for people because the devil has hypnotized people into sleepwalking through life, even though they call themselves Christians, even though they might be going to heaven. But I'm telling you, we need to live the kingdom right here and right now. It matters. We are not people that are begging God to rapture us. We're not. Man, that's like Christian fatal. It's like defeatism in the body of Christ. No, you know what? We're here to occupy. We're here to dominate. Man, we're here to be who God's called us to be. Man, the answer to America is a strong church. Man, how else can we do it? See, we feel so hopeless and helpless in America today. How can that be? Because we're sitting on our hands. Because the Bible says little by little by little by little. We're giving up control. We're giving things up. And let me just tell you something. I have control of my life. I take responsibility for my life. I'm accountable for my life. I have to live the honest life of Christ. That's how this whole thing works. See, that's how you game plan. That's how you battle plan the devil. He's going to work in fear. He's going to try to depress you. He's going to try to make you anxious. And the Bible says this, be anxious for nothing. The Bible says, do all things without murmuring or complaining, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You're never going to get to the will of God if you're, if you're always complaining. No, complaining is very similar to unforgiveness. You allow unforgiveness in your life, your prayers are hindered. It brings bitterness. Bitterness becomes a root and that root takes over the soil of your heart. And now the, the, the word that comes in seed form is choked by that bitterness. That's just what the Bible says. See, so we have to look at our lives now. We have to say, wait a second. I've been thinking this way, and I'm thinking wrong. If it's negative, if it's fear, if it's anxiety, if it's doubt, if it's depression, we can't be a depressible people. <laughs> I mean, for real. That we could buy into ever suffering depression is nuts. We're going to heaven. How many of you guys, Jesus, Lord of your life, wave to me? You're never going to smell the scent of hell. Hell has no dominion in your life. The devil can't kill you now. You know what he could do? He could steal and try to destroy the life that God's given you. See, so, so what God's about is simply this. He dwells in love, hope, faith, forgiveness, generosity, and optimism. And we're not just, we're not just these flippant optimists. No, we know the word. 
We know, are you ready for this? Christ and him crucified and, and the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. See, what's amazing to me is Jesus had to have the strength to walk and carry that cross and hang on, that, and hang on it. It was strength that took him to the crucifixion. But then he died. He was put in a tomb. It was power that walked him out of that tomb. So now it's one foot strength, one foot power. One foot strength, one foot power. One th the power of his resurrection is alive in you right now. The Bible's very clear. It says the same spirit, exact, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The works that I do, you'll do, but greater because I go to my Father. That's what Jesus said. What part of this can we allow any bit of depression in? Any bit of anxiety? I'm just worried about America. <laughs> we feel powerless. But wait a second. We're the church. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. You know what God's doing right now with his word? He's building his church. And the gates of Hades won't prevail against it. See what's happening? We're running, we're running, we're running. We get to a gate and we stop. Do you understand? That gate is not latched. All you have to do is put any bit of volition, any bit of energy on it, and it flies open. And you're like, oh, I guess I can keep running. And then you do it again, and you keep running. Then you do it again, and you keep running. Then you don't even stop for it. Then you learn how to hurdle that gate. It just says that gate won't prevail against this church. That's who we are. We have the honor of being the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, an unstoppable and unbeatable force on this earth. But we've got to think that way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So you look in a mirror, and you look in, and you just see your reflection. But you have to realize when God looks at you, you're hidden in Christ. When the devil looks at you, you're hidden in Christ. God's going to give every good and perfect gift. Why? You're hidden in Christ. The devil's going to try to talk you out of that position, out of that stand. He's going to look at it and think, man, I can't do anything against her. I can't do anything against him. They're hidden in Christ. He can't even find you. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Come on, where are you? Oh, here I am. And then what happens? Fiery darts. He couldn't even see you. He couldn't find you. You're hidden in Christ. And then you have to realize, wait a second. He can't kill me because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, the hope of glory. See, man or the devil didn't kill Jesus. He gave his life. He gave his life. Why? There had to be the shedding of blood. The blood of Christ hit the ground, and guess what? Redemption and restoration became available to us. 
I'm redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed of what? Poverty, sickness, and premature spiritual death. I'm redeemed. Can I help you? The devil can't kill you. Can I help you? The devil can't get you living month to month or hand to mouth. Can I help you? The devil can't make you sick. You're redeemed from that. Yeah, but I got a diagnosis. You know what Jesus said about that? You've heard it said, but I say to you, you know what the Bible says? Whose report are you going to believe? I believe the report of the Lord. No evil shall befall me, nor any plague come near where I live. In the name of Jesus. You guys with me on that? See, it's simple. You got to think this way. Game plan, man, battle plan the devil. You start getting negative, it's the devil. My husband's an idiot, it's the devil. My wife doesn't love me, it's the devil. I'm just telling you, this is so simple. My kid's never going to serve God, that's the devil. I'm telling you right now, how many of you guys as young adults gave your life to Jesus and are serving God now? Can I see your hands? God's a God of precedent. If he did it for them, he, he has to do it for your kid. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask amiss. So what do you do? You've got to change the words of your mouth. You've got to change the meditations of your heart. You meditate on your kid being on drugs. You meditate on your kid being schizophrenic. You meditate on some kind of report. You meditate on cancer. You meditate on other stuff. And let me help you. No weapon formed against you can win. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No weapon formed against you can take control. I call your kid home in the name of Jesus. I, I call your kid to the saving knowledge of Jesus. God, I loose laborers to cross their paths and minister the uncompromised truth in Jesus' name. God, I'll tell you what, in closing, two years before I gave my life to the Lord, my little brother Todd called my, the house I lived in. It was a payphone downstairs, and they wake me up. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. They woke me up. I stumbled down the stairs. I answered the phone. I said, what's up? He said, this is your brother Todd, and he's sobbing. And I said, what's up, man? I thought something had happened to my dad. I thought something, you know, something had happened to him. He said, Bill, God gave me a vision. I'm like, you know, and I'm hungover. One o'clock in the afternoon, I wasn't out of bed yet. He said, God gave me a vision. I'm like, oh, really? He said, yeah, you were holding a mic and preaching to thousands of people, and people were giving their lives to the Lord. Yeah, you're crazy. Two years later, I got saved. I got delivered. I got set free. And now, 44 years later, here I am with a mic, preaching the word, man. Don't give up. If you're here and your life's not right with God or you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, don't let the devil rip you off anymore. Can, can, I, can I tell you I hate the devil? Don't let him rip you off anymore. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how rich or poor. I don't care what color skin you have. None of that stuff matters. What matters is 
Are you buying the lie? Are you, are you, are you living in the deception that Christ can set you free of? That's the total agenda of this moment in our lives right now is your life right with God. I want to pray for everybody in the room, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. The Bible says anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. We believe unto righteousness, we confess unto salvation. That word salvation means we're rescued, we're restored, we're made whole with nothing missing and nothing broken. Everybody say, nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You're made whole. So repeat this with me. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and whom I trust. God, I thank you now for the shed blood of Jesus, for the remission of my sin like it never happened. God, I thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm going to heaven because Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And I will never smell the scent of hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.